Amen. 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 You may be seated this evening. We're glad that you're here. Uh, quite a few more youthful faces in the house tonight on Wednesday night. Uh, we have been uh, doing a series called Jesus at the Center. And uh, for the latter half of this uh, series, the youth department is going to be joining us. Uh, can we just hear a round of applause for our, our youth department leading worship and and being here tonight. Love you guys. Just got back from an amazing camp and uh, just excited that you're here with us tonight. Um, Seth, come on up. Uh, many of you guys know Seth Brooks. <laughs> Seth has been spending some time uh, in Perth, Australia at a base there for YWAM, uh, discipleship training program there and leading on staff. Seth is a, Seth and I go way back. How long have we known each other? Um, it's, say it out loud. <laughs> it's been at least, it's over a decade. And it's sort of a reunion of sorts because we have some friends, Shannon and Cephas. Cephas yeah. and Shannon have been doing missions in YWAM Cephas from Vanuatu, want to, right? And so they're here tonight. You can welcome them and hear about what they've been doing, and uh, we all kind of met together back in the day at Ch our Chick-fil-A day, so uh, I don't want to take any uh, more of Seth's time. Seth is a dear brother. He has a relationship with a lot of you here. I'm, I'm excited to hear what the Lord's been doing in his life. Would you guys stretch your hand out? Let's pray for him tonight. Father, I thank you for Seth. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for uh, what you have done in his life, what you're doing in his life, God, what you're going to do in his life. And I thank you, Lord, for the words that you've prepared in his heart to share tonight. I pray, Lord, that the, the words that would be for eternity would stay and the words that would not be would, would fall away and not be remembered. Thank you, Lord. Use them this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. It's been a while, so a year, but... Um, and this is my first time back at the church since coming back on Saturday, this past Saturday. So I'm just happy to be here with all of you. And I don't know any of you, I don't think, but that's okay. We're going to be good friends. Don't worry, because all of you are going to come to a school in Perth, Australia. So it's going to be great. So, or Lausanne, Switzerland, but we don't talk about that. So it's okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I don't know, some of you may know, some of you may not know, getting to Tennessee was a little bit of a struggle for me this time around. Um, funny story that, really funny story, uh, I ended up missing my flight uh, to get here. Um, simple time management issue, but I've worked that out with God, we're fine, so it's good. <laughs> But uh, it was a funny story because I, when I missed the flight, immediately I was on the phone with the airline. I was like, okay, uh, I just missed my flight. How can I change this? They said, you can't. Uh, there's nothing you can do. And that was a very expensive flight home, very expensive flight home. And so I was a little bit nervous about what, that, what they were actually saying, which was, no, you can't go home. And I was like, well, that's silly. I'm going to go home. So uh, I just, I prayed about it. I said, God, you want me to go home? He was like, yes. And I said, okay, and you want me to do what now? And he said, fight for it. So I was like, got it. So I just kept calling the airline, kept calling the airline. The, they were saying it would cost me another $2,500 just to come home or another $1,500 to come home. And the fourth time that I called, I don't know what happened. The saints were praying, something happened. But they said, oh yes, we have the full amount on credit for you to use from now until July, 2016. And I was like, well, thank you. Thank you, God. I was more like this dancing around with my phone. I was like, 
It's like, okay, how can I help? Like, how can I fix this? So, uh, so I just took care of it and was able to get home. So it was really, really good. But I'm glad to be on the ground again. It's flying is fun, but yes, it's good to be on the ground. So awesome. Yes. Uh, as Kevin said, I've been in Australia for the last, uh, four years. This October will be four years. Um, and it's been an incredible journey of just learning and growing with God and being able to watch others do the same thing. I'm involved with uh, training programs, performing arts training programs that uh, teach people what it means to follow Christ uh, and then to practically apply that to their everyday lives. And I just have to say thank you to the worship team again. Uh, you guys are really spot on, like Jonathan, Brittany, and the team. Um, and I don't know you, this girl here. What's your name? What is it? Maeve. Oh, as in uh, last name Tamez. Okay, I have you on Facebook. We're friends. Um, <laughs> fail. Um, but uh, I, I just want to say I really love what you spoke out. What you spoke out was very, very true. Very, very true. Um, this whole thing of, of who is on the throne of your heart, um, that was very prophetic. Like, I'm very blessed that you said that, so thank you. Um, keep saying things like that, by the way. If stuff comes out like that, Please keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of got a little rundown as to what the topics have been, the whole Jesus at the center. And then um, I was really excited when Kevin said that I would get to speak on the part of like, how do you live that out? How do you, how do you do it? How do you, how do you make it happen? You know, and I, I love that because that's, I feel like my life, the most important thing for me is, am I practically applying what I believe? Am I actually living out the things that I say that I believe? Am I actually doing what God has spoken for me to do? And it is a doing thing. It's not just a saying thing. Yeah. And so tonight, uh, as I was praying, I felt like God was just saying to talk about the topic of lordship. Lordship. Um, and it's really awesome. Like I was just sitting over there and just laughing because everything that everyone was saying was perfectly in alignment with that. And I said, God, you're so good because he's just really, really good. Uh, and that's the important thing to remember to you about lordship. The topic of lordship is, is a very serious topic. It's a very um, convicting topic. It's a very uh, just confronting type of thing, but we're going to have fun with it tonight. We're not going to be as, we're not going to be so heavy with it. We'll try to be more light. I hope. Yes. So I'm just going to pray one more time because I like extra prayer, especially when I'm talking, uh, just to cover us in that. Is that okay? Okay, good. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for tonight, God. We, um, yeah, we really do just say, Father God, that we want you to be the center of our lives. We really want you to be at the center, Jesus, and, and we, we want to do whatever it takes, Father God, to get there, God. And so I just pray again for this evening, Father God, that you would open up hearts, that you would bring revelation, that you would bring uh, a loving kindness and a conviction, Father God, that only you can bring, Lord, that would just draw us closer to you, Father, as we move forward with lordship in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So uh, lordship, what is it? So in order to understand lordship, I think it's really important that you understand who God is first in that lordship. Who is God? I'm, we talk about it all the time, you know, but I think the revelation of who God is has to be had. Like you have to have a revelation of who God is first before you cannot start to understand these concepts like lordship or fear of the Lord or things like that. So who is God? I mean, he created the entire world. 
He created the entire world. He created the entire universe. He created everything in the universe, everything that surrounds the universe, everything that holds the world together. If the world was, what, one inch closer to the sun, we would burn up. If it was one inch further away, we'd freeze. It may not be inches, but you understand what I'm saying. You get the concept. That did not just happen. That did not just happen. We're not the only solar system in the universe. We're not the only galaxy. There's so many more. And he holds all of the, those things together in the palms of his hands. Those are some big hands. <laughs> That's a big old hand, you know? I mean, just thinking about it, if his hands are that big, imagine his toenail. The size of his toenail is probably huge, right? So it's understanding the vastness of who God is. Like when we sing these songs about who God is, when we, when we read in the Psalms who he is, understanding that he is vast, he is massive, he is, he is uh, just this, this being, stars, he spits stars out of his mouth. That is, to me, I'm like, when I think of that stuff, I literally like want to fall down and cry. Like it's just like, God, you're so good, you know, because he's so big. He's so big. And understanding that bigness is what it's about and saying, yes, God, I know who you are. So then I can understand more about what you do, what your character and nature is, the things that you actually represent. I understand more clearly those things once I understand the vastness of who you are. And the best part about that is that he wants to be in relationship with you. We all know this, yes. But the God of the universe, the God that holds everything together in the palm of his hands, the whole world that he holds together, he created you, he created me, he, cre he put souls in us, he, he gave us the ability to think on our own, he gave us free will. He wants relationship with you. I'm flattered. No, I'm more than flattered. I'm blown away. I'm speechless. I, I don't know what to say because of that. And that to me is that touches my heart in a deep place that only he can touch it. Yeah, to know that I am cared for and loved and desired by the God who created the universe is amazing to me. And if you don't have that revelation, I pray that you get it tonight. I really pray that you get that tonight. And it's okay, no one's gonna point at you and say you don't have it, but you wanna get that revelation. You wanna know, you wanna have that deep understanding of who God is for yourself. Yeah. Um, there's a scripture that I had that I wanted to read. It's just a blurb of a scripture to kind of just touch on that. It's Psalm 47, um, verses six through nine. And it just says, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises for God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a song of Psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. He is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as a people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. So it just gives you that whole idea and understanding of like, yeah, he's actually a huge God and he deserves our praise, deserves everything that we can offer him. And it's so great too, because out of the greatness and vastness of who he is, out of everything that he has done for us, out of everything that he's given us, he, out of his goodness and love, gave us Jesus as well, yeah? And that, of course, brings freedom. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that is another depth of that concept. But once you get it, you're like, oh, okay, I understand now. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I'm taken care of, yeah? Um, 
So he sent Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is Lord. So there are many scriptures that talk about Jesus being the Lord. We sing songs, you know, Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Things like that. If Jesus is Lord, what exactly does that mean? Uh, in Philippians 2, 9, I mean, 2 verses 9 through 11, it, you know, it talks about that a little bit. It says, you know, that God had exalted Jesus to the highest place and given him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord, that he is Lord. Well, what is that? What is Lord? What does that even mean? Lord, to say that he is Lord. Uh, it's really just understanding that he is, he has supremacy. There is, there is a, um, he has this, this like, this covering over everything, yeah? that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That, that means the all. He is supreme over all. He reigns and rules over all, yeah? And that includes everything, the universe, the world, every single person on the planet, and then all the little things about us. So like our minds, our bodies, our you know, you can, relationships and things like that, like uh, our future. Like he is ruler over everything. He's Lord over all. So understanding what, Lord, what a Lord actually is you kind of need to know that. You need to know that. So we must submit to his lordship out of our awe and reverence to him and our love for him. Yeah, so we, so it's, it's out of the love that we have for God, we submit to him. Yeah, we don't do it because it's told to us. We don't do it because we have to. Out of the love that we have for God, in the vastness and the greatness of who he is, we submit to his lordship. We say yes to him. It's, you know, in times of worship, I'm literally like, oh, there's nothing I can do except just really just say, God, it's all yours. It's, I'm, I'm yours. Everything I am is yours. That's what we sing, right? All I have is yours in that one song. Is it really true? And that's submitting to his lordship. That's saying, yes, everything I have is yours. That is what lordship is. That's him ruling and reigning over our lives. He is sitting on the throne in your heart. That's where he needs to be, Right? And it's funny, there's a lot of times where we will like say that, we'll sing songs like that, but actually we're the ones sitting on the throne. It's like you see a big picture of a heart and there's a chair, it's a throne, and, you know, and you've, got, you've got a big me sitting there. And you have a J over here in the corner, it's Jesus, he's there. You've accepted Christ into your heart, he's there, no problem. But he's not sitting on the throne in your heart, and that's a problem. Yeah, so you want to you wanna have him be the one on the throne of your heart. It always comes back to Jesus, though, doesn't it? Like, it's always about him in terms of how do we do things? How do we live our lives? Well, we look at the one who came to show us how to do that. Yeah, Jesus is the one who came to show us how to do that. God sent his son, just as, um, as Dave was talking. You know, he sent his son to do that for us, to show us how to live. And, um, and of course, ultimately, he saved us. He gave us eternal life. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just so great. <laughs> uh, John 8, 28 uh, and 29. Um, this, is just, this is just looking at Jesus's life and what he did when he was here. Some of the things he would say were just so um, profound and deep and incredible. And in, in, in John 8, 28 and 29, and this is just paraphrasing it, but he says, you know, I, I do nothing on my own. I only speak what the Father tells me or what I've been taught, you know, and, and I always do what pleases him. 
like that's a major paraphrase, but the whole thing of not speaking unless it was spoken to him from God first. It was like this direct channel was happening. Like this like antenna was always pointing north and he was always receiving things and always speaking out, but it was always what God was telling him to say. And I love the last part. It says, I always do what pleases him. That wasn't sometimes, that wasn't maybe I do. It's I, everything, everything that I do, everything, every breath that I have, everything that I give is pleasing to my father. Um, yeah, it's just so key, I think, for this, because what that means is, is that he was obedient, that he was obedient to what God was speaking, his father was speaking. And that's part of practically applying lordship to your lives is being obedient to what God is speaking. If you are obedient to the father, then you are indirect, you are under direct lordship to him. Yeah. Because if he is Lord of your life, I mean, think about it in medieval times, right? If you go back to medieval times, there were lords and ladies, you know, lords had power. They may not have been kings, but they were lords over areas. Yeah, it was the whole feudal system, wasn't it? Like, I'm, don't, I'm not that good at history, so I'm not going to get into it. But this whole thing of like, there was a lord over a certain area, a feudal system, this whole thing. He had been servants or people underneath him. They followed what he said. They did what he said. Yeah. So it's kind of the same concept. If Lord is Lord over your life, you do what he says. That's really simple. You guys can do that. I know you can. You guys are great. Um, Yeah, so it's important to remember that obedience is key. Now with obedience, uh, this was something that I learned and I think it's absolutely incredible and it definitely stuck a knife right here, just kind of twisted it a little bit. Um, But the thing about obedience is that it should be three things. It should be instant, it should be joyful, and it should be wholehearted. If God asks you to do something, whoa, whoa, let's back up. You're a little kid, and you are in your room, and you're playing, your toys are everywhere, everywhere. Mom comes in, and she's like, hi, honey, how are you? Oh, hi, Mom, I'm good, I'm good. Honey, I love you. Mom, I love you, too. Great, can you clean your room? Well, the face, the attitude, everything changes, doesn't it? You're like, do I have to? (laughs) Do I have to clean my room? Do I have to do that? You know, or, or it could be in a place of anger. Mom, you just asked me to do that the other day. You didn't do it. I mean, that's, it's very similar with God, isn't it? God can ask us something. He will ask us to do something or he'll tell us to do something. What is our response? Do we respond joyfully? to the things he's asked us to do? Do we respond wholeheartedly? Do we respond instantly? Obedience is key uh, in following the Lord and the Lordship of God. And doing it instantly, joyfully, and wholeheartedly is just another way of demonstrating your full Lordship or his Lordship over your life. Yeah, I think about tithing, actually. That's probably the first thing that comes to mind is tithing. Because I know I didn't, I learned to tithe in this church. I had not done it before, um, except when I was little, my parents would give me a quarter to put in the, that's when I was really little. But from the moment I was 10 until 21, I had never tithed in a church. Um, and I wasn't going to a church at the time anyways, but you know, tithing was something that I learned how I could be obedient to God in. And by obedient, I mean that I could be joyful in, that I could be instant with that giving and that I could be wholehearted with it. Um, and it works with many different things. But obedience is key uh, to having lordship and, and practically displaying that with God. 
definitely want to be instantly joy, joyful and wholehearted. I, rem- I, was, uh, I have a testimony or a story that goes with that. And it's not some amazing missionary story, so please don't get your hopes up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it's just what God told me to share. Last year I came home and I um, was getting ready for a fundraiser that I was having here. So I was coming home, I was home again for six weeks, just like I am now. And I was out doing shopping in Murfreesboro or something, trying to get stuff ready for this fundraiser. And I had a time crunch and I was just really trying to get stuff done. And I was driving and uh, on the side of the road was this homeless man and he had a sign and he was just saying, you know, oh, hungry, need some food or uh, needed money or something like that. And I was driving and I just, I, you know, you kind of just glance and then you look away because you kind of, either you're, you don't know what to do or either you do know what to do, but you don't want to do it, that kind of thing. And I felt like God had simply said, Seth, go and talk to him. And I was like, I've got this thing. I've got all this stuff to do. And I was like, and I started to drive past him. And I felt like God said, Seth, what did I say? And I was like, okay, yeah, sorry. So I parked my car and I actually walked across the street to him. And I just sat down next to him and I said, how are you doing? You know, do you need anything? Are you hungry? He was like, yeah, I'm a little hungry. So I was like, I'm going to get you some food right now. And so I go, and I was actually, it was right near Chick-fil-A, so I just walked over to Chick-fil-A, and uh, just, I stood in line, I stood in line, it was busy, so there were lots of people, I just stood in line, waiting, waiting, finally got him some food, then I waited for the food, waiting, waiting, it wasn't that long, Chick-fil-A's great, um, but then I, I went back outside, and he wasn't there, he wasn't there, his stuff was there, but he was not there. And so I, I just said, oh, you know, that's okay. And I, I took the food and I set it down next to the little seat thing that he had. And, and I left, you know, and then I just went about my time and went back to go shopping and get stuff. And as I drove past again, I saw him again and he was eating. And something just came over me at that moment. And I was really blessed. You know, he, I didn't walk up to him with the food and say, here's your food. And he didn't say, oh, Lord Jesus. I want to be saved today. I'm going to go and get a job tomorrow. I'm going to be fantastic. Thank you, man of God, for coming and bringing me food. It, was, it wasn't like that. It was not like that. It was simply me responding in obedience to what God had said. And I did it. It was almost instantly. He, he corrected me on that later. Don't worry. Um, but I actually did it wholeheartedly. I went and I got that man food and I upsized that meal. He got a large fry and a large drink. Joyfully, I did that. Yeah. Um, no, but in seriousness, it was, it was something that God said. He said, Seth, you feel my presence now. Imagine if you had responded immediately, had done exactly what I asked when I asked you to do it right away. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a pointing his finger saying you didn't do it right because I did do it almost instantly. It was just that hesitancy that I had in my heart that he was saying, don't, you know, don't do that again. Don't have that hesitancy. If I ask you to do something, I want you to do it instantly, joyfully, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was a really cool story in terms of like the way I felt afterwards, because there was such peace. There was such, um, there was a, an uplifting of my spirit, knowing that I'd done something that he asked me to do, you know? But then there was also a lesson there of learning to be a little bit more instant, a little bit more joyful, a little bit more wholehearted with that, even if it wasn't, you know, some big salvation story, you know? So through your obedience, you'll display Christ to others. 
as well, which is really key, I think, as well, in, in terms of this lordship thing, practically applying it. So it's always good, despite what the outcome happens to be. So, All right, so another way of uh, living our lives, uh, living in a life of lordship, uh, practically applying that, is what we call laying down your rights. Laying down your rights is what we call it. Uh, that just simply means like giving up those things that we think we deserve or are owed um, for the glory of God. So, you know, we live in America, America. You know, we, we have a great country. We actually have a really awesome country. I don't know if you guys fully realize this or not, but we live in an amazing, amazing place. And you, you being born in America has given you great privilege. And um, you should be proud of where you come from. Took me a long time to realize that as well. But you should be very proud of where you come from. Despite what government says, despite what things are happening in the world today or in our nation today, we need to be proud of where we come from. We've been given so many freedoms. There are things that we've been given that not other people have in other nations. In Malaysia, for example, it is actually against the law for the people who are Malays, the Malay people, they're actually born into Islam. And it is against the law for them to even change or think about changing their religion. We don't have that problem. I could stand here today and say I'm a Christian, and tomorrow I could be Buddhist if I want. No one's going to say anything. Well, except this church. They'd be really mad at me. <laughs> but, um, but I could do that. Out of the freedom that I've been given in this nation to be an American, I can do whatever I want when it comes to that kind of a thing. Yeah? We are blessed. We are very blessed people. Land of the free, home of the brave, right? In that freedom, we're given those rights, the rights of speech, religion, the right to bear arms, what, what? I mean, I don't, but my family does. They, my family loves guns. They're big country folk, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and we can voice our rights. We can speak out the rights that we have. We can speak out the things that we are given, right, that we know are our rights. We actually have no problem doing that on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know what, Facebook? Oh, don't even get me started. Okay, I won't. Anyways. I use it for communication purposes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we always say, you know, I have the right to this, I have the right to that, or I have this right, or you can't, you know, you can't take my rights away from me. There's so many stories that we hear on the news about that kind of stuff, and so many things that we actually hear. Even within the church body, you'll hear people talking, and they're like, it's my right. It's my God-given right. That's what they say as well, yeah. But the concept of lordship actually shatters that way of thinking. It really does. The key to lordship is actually trust. And that's coming into what I'm talking about with the thing about rights. Um, when we say things like, um, well, let me go back. Let me just talk about this first. So Jesus was God, or God, Jesus, Trinity, Holy Spirit. We all know that that's that. When, when Jesus came down to earth, he kind of relinquished and let go of those godly rights, the things that he had while he was with God. Yeah. I mean, he was still, he was fully God and he was fully man. But when he was man, he didn't come on a chariot of fire and he didn't come dressed in royal robes and he didn't come with his face shining and glowing. He came as a baby, as a little boy. You know, he grew up, he lived his full life here. Well, full life till he was 33, but you know, um, yeah. So it's just, it's just, that to me blows my mind that he was who he, I mean, he is who he is. And then he came down and lived as one of us in humility. Like, that's just a huge thing for me. But he gave up everything. He gave up everything for us. 
his power, his authority, all those things. When Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert, he, he could have displayed power, but he did not. When Jesus was being questioned by the Pharisees, he could have easily shown himself and shown who he was and said, nah, 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 you're wrong. But he didn't do that either. And when he was being tortured and when he was hung on that cross, he could have easily have said, check, please, I'm out. See you later. But he did not do that. He did not do that. He gave up all of his rights. And he did this because he trusted God. He trusted his father to take care of him, to take care of everything that was happening, all the situations, all the circumstances, everything that was happening, especially in that moment, he trusted his father. And so lordship is ultimately about trust. It's about trusting the father, understanding and knowing who he is so that then you can then trust him to then relinquish your rights. That's what it's about. If we are to live a life of lordship, we too must give up those rights. Uh, I want to go to Luke 9, verse 57 to 62. And I'm just going to read that really quickly. So Jesus was walking with, uh, he was walking to another village at this point. I don't remember where. I'm not going to go that far back. But it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Now we could look at that and think that Jesus is incredibly mean. <laughs> wow, he's exclusive. <laughs> Only certain people can be in his club. That's really not what he's talking about. He's really talking about lordship. He's talking about rights, things that we think we're owed or things that we think we deserve. And um, in the bigger picture of things, it's really looking at it and saying, you know what? If you're going to make excuses then maybe it's best for you to, to think twice about this. Because if we say that Jesus is Lord over our lives, then it means not making excuses about doing the things that he asks us to do or being obedient to the things that he's speaking for us to be a part of or to do. Yeah? So when we give up our rights, what we're doing is actually giving them back to God and saying, here, I trust you in this. I trust you with this thing. I'm giving it back to you and I'm saying, you know what? Take this. You're in control. I no longer have to worry about this. That's what it means to give up your rights to God. So during my DTS, my discipleship training program, which is what the school is that I work with, um, Jenna just finished it. Holla. Um, during my school, the topic of lordship came up. And we were presented with this whole thing of, it's time to lay down your rights. What are you holding on to? I had already decided in my heart, with God telling me, of course, <laughs> he told me to do it, um, to be a missionary. I knew that this was my calling. This was my thing. Um, so what I felt prompted to do in the spirit, God told me, Seth, I want you to lay down your passport. 
God, what do you mean lay down my passport? It was basically saying that as a missionary, I will not control or have any say about where I go. And that made it a lot heavier for me. Because what if he called me to Afghanistan? What if he called me to Iraq? What if he called me to uh, a nation that is closed off completely from communication to the outside world or like, you know, with Facebook? You know what I mean? Like, I have to say to God, Lord, I give that up to you. I will not be in control of where I go. I want you to tell me where to go. And I trust you in that and say, Lord, you will be the one to guide my steps. That was just one of many things that I needed to lay down in that season. Uh, you know, there was another time where, like many people that know me from when I've, because I've been going to the church now for what, almost nine, ten years, almost. When I first came, I was big into painting. I love painting. Painting is something that I truly enjoy um, or did at the time. And when I got to do my school, um, God actually said, Seth, I want you to lay this down. This was a gift, a talent that I had was painting. Um, I may not have been like incredible, but it was, I was good, you know? Um, and God told me immediately when I was there, he said, I want you to lay this down and I, uh, for an indefinite amount of time. And I was really shocked because that was the whole reason why I actually went to Perth was to pursue painting, to pursue ministry with painting, to work with a ministry that was going to use art therapy to help women who have been in crisis or, uh, you know, homeless people, bringing them a place where they can come and do art so that they can learn. I thought this was a good thing. I thought this is what this is godly. This is a good godly thing, you know. But immediately he said, no, I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to lay it down. Now, later on, I found out the reason why he wanted me to lay it down. It's because I was finding my identity in my painting. And I thought, um, if I didn't have my painting, who was I? But that's not right. That's not how we're supposed to look at things. And not even that's not how we're supposed to look at our giftings and talents either. We are created by God. We're loved by God. We're his children. That's our identity. It has nothing to do with the gifts and talents that you have. So do you need to lay down your gifts and talents? God would tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. But think about it. So what is it that you're holding on to? Has God been speaking already? Has he been saying something to you about things that you're holding on to? I'm going to run off a list here of things that could possibly be something that would hold people back from really pursuing Christ. Family a right to having a family, a right to your family. Education, your country, your culture, your health. Well, that's a big one. Safety, freedom, relationships, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, having a husband or a wife. Gifts or talents, to be in control, the right to be in control. Uh, entertainment, the right to sleep the right to personal time. That's a big one for me. Big, big, huge. A right to have belongings, possessions, or money. A right to have comfort. That one's huge as well for missionaries. A right to have food. A right to have 
a, a life, as in a full life, a right to have children, a right to have a reputation, or a right to be respected or to have respect. These things uh, are a lot of things that we look at and we're like, yeah, I deserve those things. I totally deserve them. Like immediately you think that when you hear those things, because that's normally how we've been raised. We're like, oh, you have a right to be respected. Jesus was not respected. I mean, yes, among his followers he was, but the rest of the world did not respect him. He laid down that right. So these things, guys, are rights that we hold on to. Things that we hold on to, we hold them like this. We hold them up like this. This is a gifting or a talent or what we even think uh, could possibly be a calling or, or different rights that we have. We hold them like this. And when we do that, we actually are saying to God that I don't trust you to take care of these things. So I'm going to hold on to them because I know I can. That's what you're saying. And when you do this, God can't, he can't, hello, just want to, do you ever think that he wants to remove something so he can put something better in that hand? By giving up art, by giving up painting, God was able to take me to a place where I then could have a deeper passion and a deeper understanding and a more authority in the performing arts, not fine arts. And now he has taken me to higher places than I ever thought I could go. The visions that I have, the dreams that I have, are his visions and his dreams. And they are far better and far exceedingly greater than anything I could ever come up with for myself. And that's because I let go of painting. And the cool part is, is just recently God told me that, Seth, you can pick up a paintbrush again. Which is really exciting. I'm scared, but it's exciting. So when we hold on to rights, what we're actually saying is, God, I don't trust that you have this, so I'll just take over. And let's face it, we all know how that works out, don't we? It doesn't work out, in case you didn't know. It doesn't. It never does. We think we're actually good, but we're actually not that great. So surrendering and laying down rights is not a relinquishing of freedom, but a gaining of it. We actually gain freedom when we relinquish our rights. And it's funny because that sounds opposite of what it would be. You think if you give up your rights, you actually are becoming a slave. You know what? Let me be a slave to Jesus. Let me be a slave to Jesus. Because at least then I know I'm in good hands. So it's very key to remember that. You actually are gaining freedom. You are not losing it. You release the burden of having to hold on to things, of being in control of it all, and saying, God, I give it all back up to you. And this is how you practically live out lordship. So you're, you know, there's a daily giving back to God. It's a daily thing. Lordship is actually a lifestyle. It's not something you do once, and then you're free of it. You're fine, everything. I guarantee you, for the rest of your life, now that you know about this topic, now that you are deciding to practically apply this in your lives, you will have continuous revelation from God of things that you need to lay down. For example, this last school that Jenna was a part of, I was one of the staff, one of the leadership on this team that we went out on outreach with, and I had to constantly lay down my right to having personal time. When you're in small spaces with a lot of people, you tend to have to do that, yeah? You give up your right daily to having a quiet time where there's nobody around 
you and it's all perfectly silent and you're able to say, Lord Jesus, come and speak. Yes, come speak, Lord, it's silent. No, there's like people yelling and they're, they're brushing their teeth and someone's making ghastly noises with their bodies and it's just really crazy and yeah. Like you have to deal with that stuff. So daily you're laying down your right to having a quiet time, an actual quiet time. You know, like that's a simple example, but you get the idea, you get the picture. I mean, does that make sense? You guys are getting this? I really hope so. I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, yeah. So giving up those rights, giving up your rights, giving up the things that you think you're owed, you actually are gaining freedom. You're gaining freedom because what it does is it releases that burden off of your shoulders. When we feel like we have to be in control, what do we do? We stress, we freak out, we bite our nails, we pass out. These things happen. Not to me, I trust you. I've never passed out from getting stressed out, I promise. But why do you want that? Why do you want to be stressed? When I get stressed, I break out, and I don't like to break out. I actually like my face, to be clear. I had to lay that right down, too. But I'm just saying, why do you want that stress? Why in the world would you want to be stressed out? Why would you want to have a burden of something that you actually don't have to be in control of? The only thing you need to worry about is, are you following Christ? Are you following Jesus? Are you, are you manifesting his glory on earth? Are you doing that? If you're doing that, you should be fine. But why would you grab all these external things and think, I need to be in control. I need to be the one who's I, 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 me, me, me. You know what? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Please take that from me. I don't want that burden anymore. I don't want to worry about that stuff. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. can't stand it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes... Like practically giving back those rights, practically laying down those things actually has a physical representation. So for example, for me, I literally, when God told me to, when he told me to lay down my passport, I literally got it and I laid it down on the ground and I gave it to him. I prayed over it. I was like, God, here is my passport. I give this up to you and say, I do not, I do not care where you send me. I will go anywhere you tell me to go because I know that you've gone before me and you're coming behind me as well. And I don't have to be in control of where I am as a missionary. You can take me wherever you want me to go. Now, I've been very blessed by that because once I did that, there was no longer the fear of those nations, those unknown nations that he might take me to. There was no fear left. He took the fear away because I gave it up to him. And the cool thing is, is he's given me consistency and he's given me a foundation. I'm going to be in Perth for the next 10 years. That's a, word of, that's a word of the Lord. That's what he spoke to me. I'm blessed because of that. Because he could have said, no, I want you to get up and go somewhere else. But he's actually blessed me by saying, you can stay in Perth for another 10 years. That's consistency. There was no fear in that decision. There was no fear in all that coming about. And that's because he told me to do that. So for you, it might be, let's see... In terms of relationships, maybe you have a purity ring or something that you're dying to give your spouse, your guys, if you've got one, you're dying to give your wife or whatever. I don't know how those things work, but um, however it works, like, you know, maybe it means that you take that off and you stop wearing it for a while. 
this is stuff that God would speak to you. I'm not giving you examples of things you need to do, but God would speak to you. If he says to you, I need you to give up your health, then maybe if you work out a lot, maybe he says, maybe he's saying, I want you to stop going to the gym for a while and understand that I've got you, that I hold you together, that you don't have to try to, because the truth is, is are you working out so much because it's a health thing? Or are you working out so much because you're worried about what you look like to other people? You know, things like that. It could be anything. If you are a dancer, maybe God's saying, I want you to lay down your ballet shoes for a little while or your dance shoes or your, you know, your dancing tunic or whatever it is you wear, you know, when you're dancing, your free flowing spirit thing. I don't know, whatever. But that's the thing is like, what if God is saying for you to lay that stuff down? There is a physical representation of that living out your life in lordship. That's what it looks like to do those things. It's being obedient. It's living in trust and saying that God is going to take care of you in everything, in everything, big, small, whatever, whatever it looks like. That's what he's saying. Does that make sense? Okay, just checking. Yeah. So lordship is a lifestyle, and I really, really encourage you guys that if, there, if he's speaking to you right now about something that you need to lay down, I would love to pray over you for that. Like, I'm going to pray over all of you anyways, but like, if you want to come and talk to me after this about it, in just terms of getting understanding and clarity, please, I'm available. Just come and chat. But just really understand that having Jesus at the center of your life means that you are living in his, under his lordship. And living under his lordship means that you fully trust him. That's not partially trusting. That's not halfway trusting. That is a full trust. That is a full trust. And in so doing that, you are practically living that out every single day of your life, saying, God, I give everything to you. I submit it to your lordship because you are in control of every situation, of everything in my life. Are you doing that? Are you living your life out like that? It's important. It's key. It's, yeah, it's so important, guys. It really is. I guarantee you, you will feel a lightness. You will feel a refreshing. You will feel a renewal in your spirit because you no longer have to worry about those things. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, I'm just going to pray. Yes, sir. I need to do this because this ties into everything we've been talking about. The issue of lordship and laying down your rights is a major relevant issue for us. And so before you pray over us, if anyone in this room needs the issue of lordship addressed in your life, would you please say? If you need the issue of worship in your life addressed, thank you. Thank you guys for being honest and open and just um, humble. That's humility being shown there. That's also part of life with God is humility. It's not being afraid of what others are thinking about you, but it's really just saying, yes, I recognize that God is bringing conviction to my heart right now. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause a God who loves is a God who disciplines. And his discipline is needed in our lives. Definitely needed in my life. Ooh. If I didn't have his discipline, I'd be a wild child. Awesome. Great. Let me just pray then. Yes, Lord Jesus. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for this word. I'm, I'm still blown away, Father, that it was already orchestrated this way. God, that you had already planned this, that you had already said that this is the topic that you're going to speak on and that this is what, uh, you know, um, people were sharing already in the worship and the way the songs were flowing. Father God, you were already here about this topic. This is so great. Lord, I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for every individual that has stood up and has said and recognized, God, that lordship is something that they need to be uh, more aware of in their lives. They need to be more, more understanding of. There needs to be more practicality related to that, Father God. I ask, Lord Jesus, the things that you're speaking over their lives, Father, would you, would you bring clarity? Would you bring guidance? And how you want them to practically apply this, Father God. And help them, Lord Jesus, to understand that it's not the end of the world if they let these things go. But it's actually the beginning of a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing of freedom. That their identity is not found in the different things that they're giving up. But it's actually that you, Father God, have instilled in them who they are and who you want them to be. And you want them to grow to be strong men and women of God especially the next generation coming up, these young ones have got to recognize who you are, Father. I pray, Father God, over each one of these people, Father, that have stood up, God, that you would manifest your glory in their lives, Father God, through your lordship over their lives, and that they would respond obediently. So that means that they would respond joyfully, wholeheartedly, and instantly to the things that you're speaking, Father God. And not saying, well, that's for another date. That's for another time. No, I ask, Father God, that they would respond obediently to you, Father. I pray, Father, that as they relinquish these things, Father, that you would also administer healing to their hearts, that you would restore them and bring grace to their lives so that they would know that it's not the end of the world, that the sun will rise again tomorrow, and that your lordship is what is needed in their lives, Father. I thank you for them, Father. I ask for blessings over each one of them as they as they go home and ponder this, as they as they figure out what they practically need to do to display this in their lives, God, that you would just manifest and, and just bring glory to them, Father God. Help them to see you more clearly, Father God. We want you to be at the center of our lives. We desperately, desperately need it. Even if we don't fully grasp it or understand it, God, we know that we need you, Father, at the center of our lives. And we want to continuously practically apply that in our hearts. I thank you for tonight, Father God. I thank you for each one of these individuals for coming tonight and just ask that you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.